Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word, thee which goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. a passage Lord put in my spirit Amen. from the 34th Psalm. 34th Psalm stanza 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or the woman that trust in him. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk a little bit about the flavor of favor. If you are a Bible student and you read this passage, this psalm, there is an annotation, there is a prescript, there is an introduction at the very outset of the psalm that indicates that this is the song, this is what God placed in the spirit of David at a very difficult time when he was experiencing great duress, when he was under tremendous pressure, he found himself a stranger in his own land because the relationship between him and Saul, the king of Israel at that time, had deteriorated. He had, because of Saul's envy and egotism, David had become a fugitive in his own country. He was, as some would say, down on his luck and even found himself having to seek and search for sanctuary, for asylum among Israel's historic enemy, the Philistines. And there, with the Philistine, and depending on what narrative in the Old Testament you're reading, in some places it's Ambimelech, in other places it's Ashish. But this is the Philistine king of which David sought asylum and because some of the king's advisors thought that David's motivations may be questionable, he found himself in this precarious predicament having to play as if he was mad, acting as if something mentally was out of whack with him. He faked insanity just to keep himself safe and those who had aligned themselves with him. 
no one who is aware or who is conversant with this period in David's life would have said, this man is successful. He was down on his luck. He was having a hard time. It was a difficult season. You could not say he was successful. That's how the world views things. Experientially, circumstantially, you either success or failure. And in the world's eyes, in his countrymen's eyes, as he ran around trying to keep Saul from catching him and killing him, he was not successful. He would have been viewed as a failure and perhaps even by some as a fraud. But I'm so glad that God does not major in success, not failure, but in favor. You ask me any day of the week and any time of that day what I would rather have, success or favor, and I'll tell you without hesitation, you can have success, but give me favor. And that's what David is dealing with. You would not think he would write this psalm in the midst of this kind of crisis. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise would be continually in my mouth. That, that's not the kind of stuff you're saying when you're running for your life. But if you are experiencing favor, even when the day is dark and the way is rough, you can still praise God. I think Psalm 1 and perhaps David was the author. We're not sure. There's no ascription, but that's about favor. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in its season. That's favor. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's favor. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. That's success. But the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. That's favor, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. One of my professors in seminary wrote a wonderful book that's so appropriate for churches and for pastors and for those in ministry and missionaries. Because our problem sometimes is we, we confuse success and failure with favor. And he wrote a book and the title, the searching, compelling title of it was Rescuing Ministry from the Success Syndrome. Too many churches. Too many preachers and pastors are caught up with a success syndrome. But we need to taste and see that the Lord is good. And so I thought it would be helpful this morning if we talk about the flavor of favor. First of all, there is the sense of his favor. He says, taste and see.
David is totally sissory at this point because he's dealing with experience. He's dealing with perception. He's dealing with awareness. He's dealing with what's meaningful and what's measurable. It's something you can get your mind around. It's something you can get your arms and your heart around. He said, taste and see. David here, he is a witness. Some of us are not witnesses. We're observers. We are students. We are researchers. We are contractors. But when you're a witness, you have, you have a sense. David was an eyewitness. Now, when I said that, immediately you all thought E-Y-E, witness. That ain't what I'm talking about. David is an I. See, there's they, us, we, and I. It's all right that grandmama knew it. It's all right that granddaddy knew it. It's okay and it should be required that the pastor know it, but you have to, you have to know it for yourself. You have to be an eye witness. If David was sharing in court and he'd been sworn in on the witness stand, he would have passed the test. His, his testimony would have been acceptable. But if he said, I think, the prosecutor would have objected and said, that's immaterial, inconsequential, and irrelevant because it's based on speculation. If he said, I heard, the prosecutor would have said, I object. That's inconsequential, immaterial, and irrelevant because it is based on hearsay. If he said, I believe, the prosecutor would have jumped up and still said, I object. Because he said, that's based on conjecture. It's inconsequential, it's immaterial, and it's irrelevant. But David is not saying, I think here. He's not saying, I heard here. He's not even saying, I believe here. He's saying, I know. Taste and see. So you got to know it for yourself. David, he said, oh, taste and see. This is declaration. This is a firm affirmation. He's not speculating. He's not sharing hearsay data. He's not conjecturing, philosophizing. He's sharing his own experience. I say to church members, I say to believers, everybody ought to have at least one by this I know experience. Something that's happened in your life so deeply compelling that you still can't figure it out. It wasn't enough money in the bank to handle it. It wasn't enough health in the body to take care of it. It wasn't enough friends in the circle to manage it. 
It wasn't enough intelligence in the head to figure it out. But somehow, and so there is the sense of his favor. If we open the door for testimonials this morning, there would be more flavors in here than Baskin Robbins have. Ice cream. Look at your neighbor and ask him, what is your flavor? So there's the sense of his favor. Y'all get that? Oh, taste and see. And here's the next one. The source of his favor. Not just the sense of his favor, but the source of his favor. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord. There it is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, nobody else fits in that sentence like the Lord. And, and if you have a King James Bible, Lord is in all caps. When you see that in the Old Testament, what it is, is communicating what the translators were trying to do in terms of translating the Hebrew word that was the most exalted, supreme, superlative name for God in the Bible. It is so sacred that Orthodox Jews today, even when they read their Old Testament, will not pronounce this word. That's the source of faith. It's the word that God uses in his interaction with Moses on the backside of a desert. When Moses asked him, Lord, when I go back to Egypt, who should I say sent me? It's almost like God said, I'm glad you asked. He said, tell him I am. I am sent you. And Hebrew literally means I was that I was. I am that I am. And I shall be that I shall be. This is the one who is the source of favor. He didn't say Saul. He didn't say my mighty men. He didn't say Bathsheba. He didn't put nobody else in that spot. Oh, my brothers and sisters, if you know the flavor of favor, you got to know where your blessing comes from. One of the things that condemned Israel caused them to become strangers in their own land. They began by their behavior and their belief to dispel and diminish the source of his favor. The 78th Psalm records how blatant and brash they became when they asked, had the audacity to ask. Yea, they spake against God. And they asked, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Some of us may not ask that question that way, but indirectly, 
in our behavior, when stuff is happening in our lives, when trouble is on every hand, when there is more muff than money, when you've been lied on and talked about, and your name dragged through the mud, some of us by our behavior don't act like we believe God can furnish a table in the wilderness. When you know the flavor of favor, you'll live with what I call, thank you Holy Ghost, I'm hearing it for the first time, a sanctified sassiness. Let me put it this way, it'll be a swagger in your stagger. Because you know God won't just make a way somehow, he'll make a way anyhow. I dare them to ask. I dare any of us to imply that God can't furnish a table in the wilderness. He's so good at his culinary responsibilities. He's a master chef. That David said in another place, he can prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. That's where the Lord is. He's like stir fry. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what your problem is, but when you have some sacred, sanctified stir fry, just empty it into the problem. Take your faith spoon. Stir it up a little bit. Fall down on your knees. Turn up the heat of your spiritual stove and just stir it in and you'll find he's able. Do a hell witness here. He's able. He may not move the mountain, but he'll give you. Oh my goodness, the source of his favor, the sense of his favor. The next part. The stability of his favor. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. David is saying essentially that the ground, the platform, the foundation, the infrastructure of my life is my trust in God. The one who's supreme, who's superlative. The one who is omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, immutable, veracity, truth, love. Whatever you need, he's got it. He is the stability of my favor. And I love the way Eugene Peterson translates this verse in the message paraphrase. He said, how good is God? Blessed are you who run to him. I know the direction I need to take to get to the source of blessing and favor and stability in my life. 
I'm not guessing anymore from where my help comes. My help comes from the Lord. I will make him my refuge. Somehow this morning in my mind I began to think about this is how the Holy Ghost works with me. My last trip to Sam's department or wholesale store. There's one out there where we're staying right now. But I remember when I went into Sam's, I saw something I hadn't seen for almost 16 months. Some of y'all just roll up into Sam's because you're not just looking for the discounted items on the shelves. But you know, before the pandemic, there was, over in the food departments in particular, there were sample tables because some of the things they were selling, they had sample tables. And you could go by and get something on a little toothpick and put it in your mouth. They won't let you pass. They are insistent and persistent. They said, do you want to have a sample? I declare, I think some folk uh, don't even go to lunch break. Uh, they just go to Sam's and hit all the sample tables. Uh, but this morning in my spirit, uh, I was thinking about this sermon uh, about the flavor of favor and I was thanking God uh, for all the samples he's given me uh, down through the years uh, and I looked on the web uh, I said I don't know what they call those folk uh, that do those sample things uh, at Sam's Club uh, I thought they might be testers uh, I thought they might be samplers uh, I thought they may be exhibitors uh, but it wasn't that uh, do you not know that Sam have job openings for that role in particular because they need more people to provide samples since they are reactivating that sample tables 16 months after the pandemic do you know what they call them do you know what they call them they call them demonstrators I declare sometimes the world is already in front of the church there ought to be in the church house there ought to be in Clay Street because he's brought you a mighty long way there ought to be some demonstrators up in this house because he died on an old rugged cross because they buried him in a powder tomb there ought to be some demonstrators in this house if he put your marriage back together you ought to demonstrate be a sample if you brought your child back home you ought to demonstrate if he's healed your body you ought to wave your hand and demonstrate if he gave you a job you ought to demonstrate do I have a witness is he able is he able is he able is he able is he able
somebody ask you, somebody ask you tomorrow, what's your job? Say, I'm a demonstrator. Say, too many dangerous calls and snares. I've already come. It was grace. It was grace. It was grace. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.